favorite women. One is um, a woman of revelation and depth. She's very quiet. You wouldn't know, but she's a woman of God, revelation and depth. And the other one is our young adult leader. She's fire hot. So just fasten your seatbelts. And let's put our hands together as, and welcome Laura Emanuel. Hi, church. How are we all? on? Cool. <laughs> How is everyone? Are we good? That's awesome. I just want to say um, a big thanks to my pastors who are honoring me and giving me this opportunity. I honor them and I thank them so much for being my pastors for like the last, I think, 10 years I've been at this church now. So um, the last, yeah, nine or 10 years, I think you've been my pastors and I know that you have and I thank you for it. all the um, ups and downs and the, the teachings and always pushing me and striving me to like be better and extend myself, you know, so thank you for that. And thank you to my entourage who's here tonight from uh, international and national, thank you. <laughs> so, um, so this week uh, we're on the series called Sidelines and it can be interpreted into many things, but for some reason um, I got this picture in my head uh, about a plane and um, the inside confinements of a plane where a lot of people have to share space really closely with one another. And um, some people see it as an opportunity, other people not so much. Um, <laughs> they don't like to be that close to people. Um, but if the plane represents our life journey, I believe secretly we're praying to sit with people who are not that bad and, you know, um, even enjoy their personal space too. Um, so it's safe to say that the people on the sidelines, either side of us on our life, truly matter. Like who is closest to us who does God place like around us um, to strengthen us and cheer us on in life? And oftentimes we're so focused on our journey, where we're going and our purpose in life, um, that we're not aware of the people around us, you know, and that they are also part of our journey and to a degree even shape it. So um, like any flight comes down to trust, amen, and to help us to get to our destination and our support from those closest to us, um, if anything goes wrong, and ultimately our trust in our invisible pilot, our Captain Jesus. So, so um, I'm going to get someone to help me come up. Is she here, Jace? Awesome. So <laughs> to help me come up and um, help give us a visual. So Adrian, if we can cue that sound, please. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to flight 2019. We are prepared to take off into the new year. Please make sure your attitudes and blessings are secured and locked in an upright position. All self-destructive devices are to be turned off at this time. All negativity, hurt, discouragement are to be put away. Should we lose altitude under pressure during this flight, reach up and pull down prayer. All prayers will be automatically be activated by faith. Once your faith has been activated, you can assist other passengers. There will be no baggage allowed on this flight, so all your baggage have been rerouted. The captain, God, has cleared us for takeoff. Destination, greatness. 
Isn't she awesome? Straight from Cebu Pacific. I think she's got a flight now. <laughs> Thank you, Maria. So hopefully that gives us a visual, you know, of where we're going tonight. I'm going to use a lot of plain innuendos, so just bear with me, guys. Um, so at about this time, when the announcements finish, who puts on their headphones and watches a movie? I do. <laughs> Complete shut off. So, but for a rich life, right, God encourages us to take a look and look up, look around us. Who's in our row? Who's in our section? And I believe this year in particular, we're going to need each other a lot more than we ever have. And, you know, to, to look up and to see who's on our journey with us. It may look very different to it has before or not. It could be the same old, same old. But, you know, God wants us to take a look around and see our, you know, our friendships. And before you're thinking, I don't need anyone, listen to what the word says. (laughs) Proverbs says, um, you'll not be wise in life unless we are choosing, forging and keeping terrific friendships. In Proverbs 13, 20, it says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. It's our community that forms us. And we have a good journey depending on who is with us and who is around us, amen. Um, but it's funny because in today's world, um, it, it puts a lot more emphasis on romantic love and erotic love, doesn't it? Like, I was thinking, I was trying to think of a movie that um, explained friendship, and the only one that I could think of was The Lord of the Rings, right? But, um, and in actual fact, the romance that's in that with Aragon and the other elf chick, I don't know her name, um, she, <laughs> Liv Tyler, because she's, she's a babe, um, the appendices, that story was actually in the appendices of The Lord of the Rings. But because Hollywood can't just sell a friendship story, they put it into like front and center. It was like, and it was around this whole friendship. But, you know, it's just not, it's not true of our society today to focus on friendships, to focus on that platonic love. You know, it goes kind of against our biological grain of who we are. Um, and it's not, it's less instinctive of our culture. And like, because, you know, on magazines, are we interested in, you know, who slept with who or who's best friends with who. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, like it's not, it's not as popular. Friendship, unfortunately, is not enough. Um, and we have just a, a really weird view of it. So if the, if the Bible says it's wise to have friends, how do we break the ice with people that have been sitting next to us, you know, without even talking to them for an hour? Like even in church, we know people, but do we really know people? How do we forge friendships? Like how do we maintain them? Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Friendship, true friendship, is unique. A friend is someone who has chosen you. I remember my cousin used to always say to me, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your relatives. (laughs) Um, And ultimately what this verse is saying is that a true friend is constant. This person has become so constant, they've become like a brother and they're committed to you in all times as if they were like blood. Um, the Old Testament uses the word cleave a lot, which means a commitment out of compassionate love. And we all need people in our world that are constant, authentic support and strength. And the reality is you can't really have that many good friends. Like I know Facebook is a bit of a lie, guys. Like <laughs> our true friends are the ones that we can count on our hands, like not including mom or dad or whatever. Like it, and it may just be one or two. You may not meet up to all five. But friendships will see the same truth. They're passionate about the same things, and good friends are really careful. They have an emotional vulnerability to you. Um, And we need to give the gift of ourselves to others voluntarily. A real friend is more than someone who's helping you get the job done or networking. It's being there when the chips are down. Um, And in Proverbs 21, 11, it says, Like iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We all need that contrastive clash, don't we? 
Authentic friendship is balanced. You can't, you can't pull someone up all the time because that's kind of exploitation, but it's, it's sometimes pulling each other on things that aren't aligned with the word or sometimes it's just being there to listen. You know, the Holy Spirit will teach us, you know, when to be transparent with people and, and when it's time to share your own self to help them with what they're struggling with, you know. If we're going to make friendships um, that are going to make us the great people we can be, we actually need friends who are like us but as well really unlike us at the same time um, to feel that stretch and to be out of our comfort zones. You know, it's all part of maturity. Um, either way, I do believe we have to drop the pressure and expectation that we have on other people, particularly in church. Um, and we need to humble ourselves enough to receive truth from other people, you know, if it's aligned with the word and to fight for, to bring freedom into other people's lives for freedom's sake, you know, not, not for your own sake, not to justify yourself. Like our standard is Jesus, amen. So um, like you might think, oh, oh, this is great, Laura, but I don't really have anyone to, you know, close enough to call a friend like that. Um, and so how do we get friends, right? The truth is we have to be that kind of unique friend first. We have to stretch and extend ourselves and, and God finds the seat for us. We just have to look on either side. It's really just looking up, like I said before, who is in my row today? Sometimes the reality is the reason we don't have great friends is because we're not good friends. And we feel we're not getting this stuff because maybe in reality, we're not giving it out. And like I've had this revelation of myself as well, but it's because it is so hard. It is so hard to be that good friend, that friend that talks about in Proverbs, like a brother born for adversity. And it's really hard to be vulnerable. (laughs) It's hard to be that consistent, constant friend and to tell honesty, like to be honest with a friend, to tell them the truth. You know, and where are we going to get this power we need to be so we can be the friends that we need to have? Now, air hostess earlier said, once your faith is activated, you can assist other passengers. And on a plane, um, they, they tell you that when they're doing the safety check that you put, have to put the mask on yourself before you assist your children or any other passengers, you know. So that's like in our faith. We need to encourage ourselves in our faith and make sure we're getting air so that we're effective to encourage others on their journey as well, you know. And I just want to share the night before Jesus died in John 15. It's an awesome chapter. I encourage you guys to read it again to refresh yourselves. In verse 13 to 15, he says, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my father, I have made known to you. And this is where we find the whole history of the world is based on friendship. He says, tonight, I no longer call you servants. I mean, how much more vulnerable and open can you get for that? This is the creator of the world, the son of God, the the king of kings. And he's saying, no, I call you, I no longer call you my servant when we have every right to be, but he calls you a friend. You know, God made us a friendship with him and with one another. And early in verse 8, he says, This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Our friendships are our fruit. You know, it's something we can dismiss so much, but they're the fruit of how we know Jesus is how we relate to others. You know, Jesus says, I am the ultimate friend who loves at all times, at infinite cost. And instead of inflicting hurt to you, I'm going to take it to you take it from you. (laughs) Amen. He took it from us. 
Jesus experienced what we should have experienced. I mean, how much a deeper love can you get than that, you know? Jesus always lets you in and never lets you down. Even Jesus' best friends were falling asleep when he asked them to pray. They were denying him and betrayed him even. But Jesus said, God said to Jesus, either you lose your friends or go to hell. And Jesus said, I choose to go to hell. I don't want my friends to go. You know, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. If you know that with all your heart, I really believe that liberates you to be the friend that you need to be. You will say to yourself, you know, Jesus let me in all the way. He trusts me and he loves me no matter what. Then I can move out and be a friend and not be afraid of rejection, not be afraid to be let down because I'm not pulling all my eggs in the one friendship basket. Amen. There's freedom in that. So when I'm liberated to be the great friend I ought to be by the great friendship of Jesus Christ, then I will find myself getting the friends I need. And so will you. Um, I love it. The great apologist Tim Keller says, make Jesus the friend your heart desires and you will have all the friends your heart needs. You know, our commonality as a church is our deepest affinity with Christ. And imagine what like the most powerful church we will be if we just disregard all the fluffy stuff, all the, all the stuff that doesn't matter and just focus on Jesus. You know, how powerful are we gonna be moving forward? C.S. Lewis said, there's no chances with friendship as there's a secret MC at work. And I'll finish on this because I'm flogging all the plain metaphors today. I will say there, there are no chances with where you have been seated as there is a hidden pilot at work who knows who you need on the journey to your next destination. So look up, take your headphones out and praise God for the people he has put around you. Encourage yourself with what you have and have your faith for your future, amen. So now we're gonna like take it up a notch because Brittany Sabbath's gonna come to the stage and do a tag. I don't know if I can take it up a notch. What a wealth of knowledge. That's ridiculous. I remember the first time I heard um, Laura talk was at youth. We, she was our guest speaker. And she actually introduced herself and she said, um, I'm not a preacher, I'm a teacher. And she said, and I teach. And sitting there, it's, that's what it is. I sit there and it's like I'm just learning and I'm just reaping off her. And the fruit that she has is incredible. How are we tonight? Are we amazing? Pastor Nat and Hearts, thank you so much. We honour our leaders in this house and it's a very rare um, leader who can actually multiply themselves in so many different people. You know, to multiply, Pastor Jake Sweetman spoke at Pursuit in a leadership section and he said to multiply is actually to add the same number so many times. It's actually the same thing, but it's, you know, five times three is five plus five plus five and to actually be able to do that, to actually see that in workings is such an honour for us at Silverwater, we have such amazing leaders. Can we honor Pastor Nat and Hart in this house? I love them so much. Seize the year. It's a massive topic. It's a big, big concept to deal with. Um, and I don't really like big, kind of scares me a little bit. I had the whole like, oh yeah, new you, new year, new me. And I was like, no, I'm doing clean car this year. So like the last Saturday, I like cleaned my car. I was like, that's it. I can achieve this. Cleaned it on the last Saturday of 2018. Like it was stunning. It was sparkling. Olaf was so happy with himself. And then I went to the beach Saturday night, just, just randomly. And then Sunday after church, I went to the beach again. And like needless to say, there was no clean Olaf in 2019 and he still hasn't been clean. So guys, I already dropped the ball there, which is interesting. Um... I want to establish two truths with you to get through this message. And the first one, and I just, I'm asking you to believe me. I'm just asking you to trust me on this. As we go through this message, I want you to trust me. The first thing I want you to trust me on is that God is innately 
unconditionally, unfathomably and inarguably good. He is a good father. I just want you to believe that. I know you might not have experienced it yet, but I want you to believe me when I say that he is a good father. In Romans 8, 15 to 17, it says this resurrection life that you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who He is and we know who we are, Father and children. And the second thing that I want you to know is that because He is such a good Father, you're not as bad as you think you are. You are not as bad as you think you are. Romans 8, 36 to 39, it's a big one, but go with me on this. So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing Himself to the worst by sending His own Son, is there anything else He wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Who would dare even to point a finger? The one who died for us, the one who died for you, who was raised to life for you, is the presence of God at this very moment sticking up for us. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way, not trouble, not hard time, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. They kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We're sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. Heavenly Father God, right now I ask for your anointing in this place, Jesus. I ask, Father God, that you speak, Father God, that your word goes out, Father God. And right now I deny myself and I put you first, Father God. And I thank you that you take hold in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Seize the year, it's a big thing. And um, January 1st, I had actually probably already stuffed up my 2019. I'd already made a mistake and it, and it was not a good one and it was a selfish one. And I'm a very easily fall to shame. That's my thing. I, I like to do it. It's, I'm very good at it. It's very bad. And, um, and so Jan January 1st, I'd already made that mistake. And before that, I'd asked God, I said, God, what's your word for me for 2019? And, you know, his still quiet voice came and he said, no distractions. I said, okay, 2019, day one, got distracted. I thought, okay, that's not good. I thought, all right, what am I going to do here? But you know, it says in Psalm 139 verse 8, if I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. Even in the darkness, he is there. Even in the sin, he is there. Even when we fall short. But so I've, you know, made this stuff up and I've thought, how on earth do I seize the year in a moment like this? We're 13 days in. And, and I'm kind of like, I don't, really, I don't really know if I'm seizing it right. But it's how do I seize the year when I've already stuffed up on the first day? Lamentations 3.20, it says, And my soul is downcast within me, yet this I call to mind, and therefore have hope because of the Lord's great love. Because He is a good Father, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, I say to myself. The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for Him. His mercy is for me. And His mercy is for you and you every day. 
And though you might not have started 2019 or 13 days in, it's not actually going the way you kind of planned or hope and the news resolutions are done and the car is not clean and it's just really dramatic right now and you've made some mistakes and you've gotten a bit distracted because he is good, we are free. And God actually said this to me. He said, in order to seize the day, and if you're taking notes, take this down. In order to seize the day, you are to, to seize the year, you are to seize the day 365 times. You are to seize the day 365 times. Matthew 6, 33 and 34, it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Give us this day our daily bread, amen. To seize the year, we have to take hold of today, church. But we have to take hold of today together. We actually can't take hold of it alone. I'm a big believer in doing things alone. I miss independent in my household. I like to do things by myself. But that's not actually how God's called it. And I don't think Laura could have put it more beautifully. The necessity of having fellowship and people with you. The necessity of having those people on the sidelines with you. In Hebrews 3.13, it says, You must encourage one another each day. And you must keep on while there is still time that can be called today. If you don't, then sin may fool some of you and make you stubborn. If you're not encouraging each other daily and if you're not being encouraged daily, how can we take hold of 2019? How can we do it? And there's an art to this. So on the last Sunday, I asked God, you know, 2018, what's your word for me? And he's like, no distractions. I'm like, good, I've got this. I got distracted. Then... First Sunday of 2019, I'm like, okay, I ruined this one. God, what's your word for me now? Like I made a mistake, so we got to, what's, what's next? And he says, no distractions. He looks at me, he says, no distractions. And he places a crown on my head. And as he places this crown on my head, and I'm sitting in this shame of what I've done and this shame of the way I've painted my 2019 and I've failed to seize it. He places this crown on my head and attached to this crown is exactly what I need. And it's blinders just dangling from them. I don't know if you know what blinders are. I'm a horse girl, I know what blinders are. I don't know if we can pull up that picture that I've sent you guys. These are blinders, that's not my horse. I don't put them on clarity, but you know, this is Jerry, we'll call him Jerry. Um, and this is what was placed on my head. The two blinders on either side and what the blinders do is they actually block distraction. They actually block what's running right next to you. And they actually force the horse to focus on the goal and the destination that they have to achieve. And it was interesting that the message and the topic was on the sidelines when I got this picture because the most common use of this tool is actually in a cart-driven horse with another horse next to it. And so they've got two horses side by side and these horses have to be equally yoked. They have to be even in every way. If a horse is not equally yoked to its partner, that cart is actually gonna pull them backwards or one horse is gonna be doing more work than the other. And the, the image that God paints here is the cart's pulling the horse back and the horse, as it takes a step, the pressure it puts on the ground is what's actually giving it motion forward. It's not actually the horse's strength, it's that force it puts on the ground that changes what's pulling it backwards, what's saying you can't go forward anymore, to know I'm using this thing right here and I'm actually going to take another step and another step. And in Psalm 62, it says, God, the one and only, I'll wait as long as he says, everything I need comes from him, so why not? He's solid rock under my feet, breathing room for my soul, impregnable castle, I'm set for life. As you seen since 2019, are your foundations strong? Are your foundations strong? Is the ground on your, under your feet strong enough to pull you forward? When these horses are moving and they're pulling forward, you can do it with one horse, and one horse can take about, what, maybe 8,000 pounds, so what's that, like 3,000 kilos? 
Two horses can do triple that amount. Two horses yoked side by side can actually do triple, not double the amount that they can pull because they're doing it in unison and they're equally yoked. Two horses that know each other and are invested in each other and a little bit playful and there's a friendship and there's a relationship, there's a connection, can carry four times more. Four times more the weight of one horse because they know each other, because they're equally yoked and they're invested in each other. And that's the act of being yoked is, are you equally investing in the one who's running by your side? Are you equally putting in in the one who's running by your side? Or are the horses falling back and is the cart pulling you further and further behind? The interesting thing with this though, is that the horses that are yoked by each other's side have blinders on and they can't see each other. They cannot see what's on either side. See, even though, and Laura put this beautifully, even though we've got to run on track and by each other's side and stand strong and encourage each other daily in the Word of God, our focus can't be set on that person. Our focus has to be set on God. It has to be constantly momenting us to move forward in Christ and move forward in what God's called us. And this support on the side is to push us in and lean in and bring more support and more comfort in that moment. We're not called to focus on each other. We're called to focus on God and lean and pull in and harvest in and from the rib is where Eve came from Adam we're called to pull each other in as we lead towards God each horse in their own lane Matthew 14 24 it says meanwhile the boat was far out Jesus just fed 5,000 people I can imagine he was tired disciples went for a boat ride and the boat was far out and the winds came up against them and there was waves coming up and at about four o'clock in the morning Jesus came towards them walking on the waters They were scared out of their wits. A ghost, they said, crying out in terror. But Jesus was quick to comfort them. Courage, it's me, don't be afraid. Peter, suddenly bold, said, Master, if it is really you, call me to come to you on the water. He said, come ahead. Jumping out of the boat, Peter walked on the water to Jesus. The disciples were still in the boat. The disciples took this journey with Peter. They walked with him, they talked with him, they learned him, but sometimes God only calls you out of the boat. Sometimes God only says, all right, Peter, it's your time. The disciples are there cheering you on. Your friends are there cheering you on, but sometimes your focus has got to be so immune to the distractions around you that you're going to keep charging even if your friends have fallen behind you a little bit. Your focus is on God, and I promise you they're coming. I promise you they're with you. I promise you as you invest in them and they invest in you, it's that investment that propelled and gave Peter the boldness to say, God, let me come to you. Call me out onto the water. Call me into 2019, call me into what you have for me. And the disciples were there, they took the journey, but Peter went out. And when he looked down at the waves churning beneath his feet, he lost his nerves and he started to sink. He cried, Master, save me. Jesus didn't hesitate. He reached down, grabbed his hands. Then he said, faint heart, what got into you? It was when he took the blinders off that something got into him. In Matthew 6, to 23, it says, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. What is your focus? Where are your eyes focused? See, I can tell you, you can tackle 2019. You can tackle anything in your life. We have a God who is so good and who is so for us. I cannot begin to tell you the glory of this God and the love He has for you. But if we stand there and we look to the left and the right, 
and we're not focusing on him and we see the waves crashing in or we're worried about what that person's doing or what this person's doing or what that friend's really worried. So I've got to keep, go- I've got to keep going this way, God, because I've got to lean in, I've got to lean in. God says, no, lean into me and bring them with you. Lean into me and bring them with you. Encourage them daily in Christ. Encourage them daily this way. They're in their own lane. They are in their own lane, but they're yoked side by side to you. They can't see you, but they see Jesus. They see God. They're walking towards something that is greater than themselves. And as the band comes back up, I want to talk to you about your plans for 2019. You can have a plan for yourself to get married. You can have a plan for yourself that, you know, we're going to make a baby this year. I'm not, I promise. Um, You know, you can have so much hope for the future, and I encourage that. I encourage that you have hope for your future, that you have plans for your life. But can I say, as you hope for your future, focus on Jesus. As you hope for your future, focus on Jesus. You have all these ideas and they're there and He sees you and lean on them, lean in on them. But as you're leaning in on them, don't take your eyes off Jesus. Because can I tell you, when you ask Him, Jesus, call me out onto the water, He's gonna say, Peter, come. He's gonna say, Peter, come, but keep your eyes aligned to me. I'll call you, I'll pull you into 2019 and I will pull you in your future because I love you and I am a good father. But keep your eyes on me and keep your blinders sharp. Keep your blinders sharp, church, because can I tell you, there's some things that actually, they, they make sense. They don't feel like a distraction. They make sense to be a center focus. I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety and I feel like that's something I should probably worry about. So I should probably look at that for a little bit there. I was diagnosed with cancer. So I feel like that's a bit of an issue. I should probably look at that for a little bit there. But can I tell you, as the problems come and as the trials rise and as persevere and be encouraged each day, keep your focus pure each day. They're there and God sees them. He will never not see you. You will never go unnoticed by Him. His eye will never not notice you. But can I say, as He's noticing you, let Him worry about that. Focus on the foundation at your feet and push one more step. Push one more step. Keep your eyes focused and push one more step and let the ground and the rock of the Word propel you into something new and into that new day that He's called you to. Because the more you look to the left or the right, the quicker you fall off the path. The quicker you fall off the path. And I'll tell you, even if you fall off the path, He's right there. Even in the depths, He's there. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. He just takes you the tourist route, if that's the way we decide to go. He just, you know, I was driving to Queensland not long ago, and it's like all straight, and then there'd randomly be like a tourist detour, and it's like an extra three hours or something. I was like, I don't really want to. Like, what's there? But that's the distraction. That's what's there. It's that thing. It's that thing that, oh, but, but I really want that relationship, and He could be it. He, he could be it. What if he's from God? If he's from God, keep following God, he'll come. If he's from God, just keep following God and God's gonna bring him into your sights. Amen that God will provide for you, church. I believe it with all my heart, but he provides for you in his time. We have to lean in on that and we've got to find people that'll encourage us in that. That's what's called goodness. That's the good friend, the wise friend, the wise friend. We're gonna take a moment now, church. And the first thing that I said when I got up here is that my God is a good God. My God is innately good. He is a good Father. There is nothing about Him that is not good. There is no intention that He could potentially have for your life that is not good. But not everyone knows what it is to have the love of a good Father. Not everybody knows that love. And I wanna ask you, church, we're gonna bow our heads together because in church, we're in this together.